0: welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Matt Curtis, pastor of Decision Life Church and Evangelical Free Church in Wairika, California.
1: And I'm Kevin Sheehan, associate pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church, a PCA church in Effort, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, May 3rd. We're recording this on rather gray overcast day here in Effort, Pennsylvania. What's the weather like out there, Matt?
0: It is sunny, and in probably maybe the 50s, it'll probably get to the 70s later today. but Okay. Yeah.
1: Sunny California and gray Pennsylvania. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. It is May. It's the month of May. We're very excited. There's a lot going on in the world, as always, a lot going on in the church. Um, we wanted to take a little bit of time today to talk about Uh, we're looking ahead a little bit here to, I hate to say the post-COVID world, because we certainly don't want to say anything that we're through this or we're out of it or it's over or anything like that. However, I just read earlier today that vaccination rates are now more than 50% of the U.S. adult population. Uh, So things are moving in the right direction. Uh, I guess I'm I'm hopeful, I would say, uh, that vaccination rates will continue to climb and that will mean that correspondingly all the COVID numbers will begin to drop in the right direction. Uh, so say this with a bit of caution, um, but there does seem to be light at the end of the tunnel. Now,
0: sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is the train, but that's <laughs> yeah. not in this case. But there, yeah. b- but there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Yeah. So we're not trying to overstate. Like
1: and say like, oh, the pandemic's over. But um, again, like there's there's some hope, and so we are starting to kind of look ahead a little bit here and and start to think and. You know, obviously, some of this is just speculate as to what life and church and whatnot will look like in four or six months. Have you gotten vaccinated yet?
0: Um. Yes, I have. Yes. Both, both shots, or I, I did. I did the Johnson and Johnson one. Oh, one so I, I I did the one and done. Yeah. Okay. You didn't grow like a third eyeball or anything weird. No, I did have this weird like desire to like buy Microsoft products, but, <laughs> <laughs> but other, other than that, there were no real, I mean, my arm was sore and I was tired Then I was, I was tired the next day, but other than okay. that, I was, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What about you? Yeah. I got my second
1: shot a week ago tomorrow, I think. So I'm vaxxed to the max, or at least will be in a week, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I think I got the Pfizer. So yeah. I had, yeah, my arm was sore, but that was it. I didn't get any any other side effects. I was actually kind of hoping for some. I feel like I missed out on yeah, you know, sort yeah. of a, a cultural experience at this point. But yeah. So, uh, so first no
0: books and then no, you know, <laughs> side effects. You keep <laughs> yeah, just I know, I, know, robbed. I, keep,
1: I keep striking out. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about um church life, ministry life. Now the question everyone has been asking, not everyone the question a lot of people have been asking for the past year has been, when are we going to get back to normal?
0: Yeah. What do you say when people ask you that? I say we're not, um, that the world has, um, irrevocably it's irrevocably different. And I think a lot of times, um, what can happen, and this isn't just about COVID. I think we can do this about a lot of times. Anytime we're longing for a previous time, Nostalgia has its place, right? Like there can be good things about it. If it can make us thankful or point to the faithfulness of Jesus in our lives, I think there can be nostalgia. The nostalgia can be good if we're looking back on our lives and seeing, okay, he's so good. He's so faithful. I can trust him, right? Like that's, that's a healthy kind of nostalgia, but I think there's another kind of nostalgia that longs for, you know, how we used to be. Um, and just trying to reset and have it be how it was. And I just think that can, I think that can be toxic. I think that can be toxic and keep you from moving forward. You don't move forward by moving backward, right? Like it just doesn't work that way. And so um, I think the healthy thing to do is to take stock of like, where you actually are like either as a person or as a church, we're going to talk about both. Um, I guess in this first half, we're talking about church, like where you are as a church and then moving forward from that. It could be, if you're like my church, there's just been some pruning that's taken place Um, and your attendance numbers aren't what they were more on that in a minute, I guess, but like uh, they're not what they were. Um, And it, that might not change. And so, like if you're if you're if you're a church leader or a pastor, like take a minute to like recognize that and even mourn it if you need to. Like we we've had losses, you know. We, we all have. Right. Um but then wash your face. If I can borrow a Rachel Hollis phrase, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then move forward. You know, yeah. move forward and decide what are like what the new normal is going to be what new areas of ministry might you flourish in what what things do you need to repent of? i mean i i don't know Uh, but yeah but you at some point longing for what was i think can lead you to sin um i think yeah
1: well so a a few things there you know one about nostalgia is nostalgia often clouds our memory right we look back on the good old days whatever those were uh, and we tend to, um, see them through rose colored lenses. Right. And we kind of forget that in those good old days, there were also some really hard things going on. Like you might think of the good old days of hey, the good old college days. It's like, oh, there's a lot of stuff going on in college. That was really hard. You know? Yeah. I mean, but we tend to just focus on, yeah. you know, whatever we liked about those good old yeah. days. We
0: see it through a uh, golden nostalgic light.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so nostalgia is often not accurate, we'll yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. But so, secondly, um, you know, we've all experienced some level of trauma in the past 14 months. Mm-hmm. Some of us has, have experienced a lot of trauma, yeah. whether a loved one has died, whether we've lost a job, whether, I mean, some have been high level of trauma, some certainly less so. Uh, but everyone's experienced some level of trauma, loss of friendships, loss of our normal, loss of our routines. Uh, having to homeschool your kids or at least, you know, they've had to do, you know, virtual school or online school, or, you know, you weren't able to do soccer season. You weren't able to, I mean, there's all sorts of like losses and trauma that we've experienced along the way. And so we have to, we have to acknowledge that. And like, I think, as you said, like you have to mourn that. You have to kind of deal with that first um, and not just let's go back to normal. Let's go back to normal. Let's go back to normal. Yeah. Look, when a community is struck by a hurricane, it's probably not going to go back to normal. Like, you'll probably always remember that hurricane, or at least for a long, long time, depending on the severity of the hurricane. Yeah. Uh, If a community has, you know, like a shooting, a mass shooting event in the local high school or something, it's like, you're not gonna go back to normal. Like your life will be forever changed because of that. And it yeah. would be foolish and, and possibly even cruel to say, you should go back to normal. Because that happened, that event happened. You can't deny it. And so you have to deal with it. And just saying, go back to normal is sort of trying to short circuit the process of grief, mm-hmm. of, of grieving. That's good. Um, so I guess when people say like, when I'm gonna go back to normal, one, I'm mean, gonna try to understand what they're asking. Like if you're just asking like, you know, like when we were closed a year ago today, we were like, the building was closed, you know, if going back to normal means, when can we have in-person church services again? Like that's one thing. Um, And it's like, okay, we'll try try to hear the question behind the question, you know? Sure. Um, But but in the other sense of it's like, well, let's not get too hung up on normal. Like we've gone through this experience in God's sovereignty. Perhaps he wants to teach us something. Like, perhaps he wants to grow us up. Yeah. And use this really difficult experience uh, to, to, to do just that. So, that's, that's rather than ask, when is normal going to come back? Let's ask, what can we learn from this? How can we be better so that 2022 is better than 2019 and not the same as 2019? Yeah. But, kind of like, case in point, you know, like, think back to 2019, all those, you know, the good old days that we're so nostalgic for 2019 was not a great year. Like there is all sorts of junk going on in our lives, uh, you know, from a national level on down, like life was not perfect in 2019. Going back to 2019 is not the goal. Um, we, We want to learn. We want to be better. We want to improve. And that's just seek the Lord's face and say like, okay, Lord, what's the way forward. And there might be some things that look similar to the way they looked before, but there might be some things that don't. Yeah. And that's okay. That's in the Lord's hands. That's all right. That's all good stuff. Yes and amen. So things will look different, even if I have no idea how or, you know, what that looks like. I can't, you know, I can't tell you how, but I'm confident some things will be different. Like you alluded to, um, yeah. church attendance may never be the same. Yeah, like there might be some people that are just gone I and mean, some people we know are gone and
0: some people well, we don't and, know are gone and a cultural shift has just it's just happened and and there's no and there's no putting like that genie back in the bottle. You know what I mean? Like you can't undo that. It's sort of like when people like long for a time before smartphones and I kind of get it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like they're not going away. Yeah. You, like you can't put that genie back in the bottle. So I think yeah. a, sim- a, a similar thing has happened with church yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So I think there has to be just some conversations about, you know, Okay. So how do we move forward w- once it's time to do that? I'm not saying like, again, we're not trying to say like, Hey, pandemic's over. Let's start doing stuff
0: yeah. or whatever. We're not being prescriptive um, about any of that.
1: Yeah. Right. I'm just saying like, you know, we are looking ahead a little bit and being like, okay, summertime tends to be a slower season anyway, ministry wise. And then we kind of launch stuff in the fall anyway. So it's like, you know, very tentatively, with great caution, with a whole bunch of caveats, you know, what might um did I give enough disclaimers there? I think I just yeah. gave four. What might yeah. things look like in say, you know, September? Um, and I don't, you know, again, I don't know. I'm just starting to think about these things. Um, you yeah. know, we have every church and every locality is gonna have its own factors that go into that mm-hmm. equation. But yeah, I mean, there might, it might be that this is a good opportunity for some uh, like new ministries that we've never thought of before. Um, And just think about our church and the way that we minister to our community and the way that we do things sort of in-house differently than we have before. And we've had to do that this year out of necessity, um, which has been a lot of creative, innovative thinking just out of necessity. And I'd like to see that continue. Yeah. And again, I don't have like a specific thing I'm pushing for. I'm just saying like, I don't know. Somebody's got some ideas out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it's an opportunity to just throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. You know, like, and what doesn't stick fine. You move on. I mean, and try something else, but yeah, I think it's an opportunity if you choose to look at it that way. Yeah, for sure. Right. You know, of course, another thing that's different is uh, as we've alluded to um, and maybe it's, you know, Kevin and I are hung up on this because of our vocation, but like church attendance is different. You know, people are attending in different ways. They're attending online. Some are beginning to attend in person and, uh, all of that. And so, um, that's all, that's all gotta be thought through as well. Um, when's the right time to return to in-person for you? Um, what does it look like when you do, how do you decide? And those aren't things actually, I feel like I can advise, I can even advise anyone on without knowing, a lot of particulars. Right. Um, but I will say, and I'll just, you know, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. If you're listening to this, um, I think there is something so good and right about being with people embodied together, worshiping the Lord in the same place. Um, I think it matters a lot. You know, I had a conversation with Neil Patel at a, Mm together for the gospel we were having dinner um together and uh he said something that i just thought was an insightful comment and he was saying that you know um facetime is a really good tool right well he's away he's able to facetime with his spouse and that's great um but if that's all he ever wanted to do was facetime with his sp- spouse and didn't want to be with her like in person uh, that would be an indicator of a problem right? right, right. Like that would be really worrisome. And I, and I wonder sometimes like, and listen, I'm not against having our services online. I don't know if you'd asked me a year and a half ago, if we'd ever like live stream our services, I would have said no for all kinds of reasons. Um, But I've, <laughs> but I've come around to it. But one of the dangers is, is we prefer to FaceTime our church. Yeah. And, and I think that can lead to some really unhealthy places. I mean, I don't know if you want to say more about that, but I agree. I mean, I think pretty much everyone recognizes that
1: in person is just a different experience, a much richer and better experience. Um, I think we all felt that loss when we couldn't do that for a time. Uh, You know, in some ways that, you know, I try to think of places in the world where God's people, can't meet openly like we can in the states right you know the underground church and and whatnot um so in some ways there's there's some solidarity there i guess with them but um but i think we would all recognize that yeah in person is just better now some people just aren't people people you know what i mean like introverts or whatever and right um i i'm an introvert too but so i think there's a temptation to now that we've been doing it online for a while it's just easier. Yeah, it's easier to just stay home. Yep, um, not have to get out of your comfy clothes and not have to, you know, drive on down and not have to deal with people. Like, you
0: can do it. You can do it on Monday morning if you want. You can. You, like, can. you can time shift. Yeah, it's. Yeah.
1: So there is there is an ease to it that yeah it's just going to be a little bit hard to break that pattern. Yeah, um, it is. And like I I get it. You know, I mean, I get it. There's, there are certain things that's like, frankly, it was just easier to do it, you know, online or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, It's just easier in terms of just getting up and get out of the house.
0: uh, But also just in terms of just the relational energy that was required. Right. Well, I think one of the things we learned from COVID is like, we learned a lot of the meetings we have could be an email, right? Like, yeah, like, like we have, we, we, we've learned a lot about sometimes, we insist on getting together in person when we don't need to. And what I'm saying is, is that church is not one of those things. Right. Um, There's something that the Holy Spirit is doing when we're there together that is significant. Um, and presence matters a lot. Now, I'm not suggesting if you're autoimmune compromised or whatever. Like, again, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying... I think there are things worse than not than being exposed than potentially being exposed to COVID. Uh, I think there are risks to your soul and to what you're forming in yourself um, by developing the habit of not gathering with the body and doing it at home. I I think there are risks involved there, and I think some of those risks are m- more significant than potential than potentially getting sick. But that's just you know yeah, that's my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, like with a lot of things, there's always this tension that we have to ride, this balance we have to ride. Um, Now, I will say, like, in in American society, just generally speaking, you know, broad brush strokes here, but uh, we tend to put a lot of emphasis on physical safety uh, and Mm -hmm. not so much on, say, emotional or spiritual. Well, not safety, but health. Maybe just say health. Yeah. Spiritual or emotional health, right? So, like, Yeah. yeah, I just read something recently about, like, everyone in the U S wears a bike helmet or whatever. And like no one in the Netherlands wears bike helmets and yet everyone rides a bicycle and yet their accident rate is so much lower than ours or just whatever. But it's like, yeah, Yeah. we do, we do kind of have like this fetish with physical safety or health. Yeah. um, You know, which, you know, there's all the sort of the jokes or observations made about the difference in the generations of how, you know, when we were kids, we never wore helmets and we didn't buckle our seatbelts. We all were in the back
0: of the station wagon and,
1: you know, on and on the and on. The CDC
0: now recommends you wear your seatbelt outside of the car.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's just it's like there's all those sort of jokes or observations about how safety, health, safety, or um, you know, physical safety aware that we are. Yeah. You know, one thing I'll say about you know, I live in an area where there's a strong uh, Anabaptist or Mennonite influence. Is one thing I'll say about about them is that they they kind of buck that trend, I guess. Um, where they don't hold physical safety nearly as much on a pedestal as most of American culture does. And they take much more interest in like spiritual health. I mean, think of like the Amish We're sort of in the extreme example of that, um, which again, we have them around here quite a bit. So um, this maybe makes more sense if you're more familiar with the Amish, but yeah, they, they take spiritual and relational uh, matters very seriously Um, And you'll see like a seven-year-old boy, like driving a team of horses, which, which seems like crazy. Like I have a six and a half year old boy and there's no way I'd let him near a team of horses. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) Uh, which just seems kind of crazy to me, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like maybe they're onto something in terms of, I think that's maybe the other end of the spectrum in terms of riding that balance. Uh, But it is maybe a helpful corrective too. Yeah a society that's has become so prone to worrying about every possible physical harm. Um, again, I'm not saying like be reckless, but, but there's some balance there between, okay, what's the correct tension between, you know, being judiciously safe with our bodies and being good stewards of our bodies and taking care of them while at the same time having a healthy and robust spiritual and relational and social life.
0: Well, that was the point I was making before. There's things worse than right. exposure and, to COVID, and, yeah.
1: And so there, there's some balance there, which again, like every person has particular issues in their life that factor into that decision. I and mean, we've made some decisions just because we felt like we were getting to a really unhealthy place, just emotionally and relationally. And it's like, okay, we need to, we need to take a what feels like a, a few risky steps here. Physically in terms of exposure, you know, potential exposure to COVID or or whatever. I did some things outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. I guess you could say for the sake of doing ministry. Yeah. People who wanted to meet with me. And it's like, okay, there's a certain willingness
0: that I'm, that I'm ready for. Yeah. I mean, that's what going to the conference was about for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. I just needed the time away. And like the, the consequences of not going, I think would have been worse than whatever potential risk I was taking for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, not trying to sound glib, but at the end of the day, we're in the Lord's hands, and yeah, you know, if, if I feel like I'm making wise decisions, and calculated risks, and acceptable risks, and the one percent chance hits me, then okay. Yeah, you know, it's just like every time we get in the car, we take a calculated risk. Yep. You know, if we come to drive the church on a snowy January morning, we're taking some sort of risk. Yep. Um, but most of us. You know, we we try to judge the road conditions a little yeah. bit and see whether or not it's acceptable or not. If it's really yeah. really bad, we're gonna stay home. If it's like, eh, it'll be yeah. okay, then we come. Yeah. So yep. I, but 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 the big fear is that people have become trained or just made a habit of being at home, and uh, it's hard to break the inertia sometimes.
0: Yeah, you know, I thought we would see like a resurgence or a, va- a new a new value on the gathering because of our not being able to meet and at least in my place, like that hasn't happened. Yeah. And I remember like um, the first
1: month of COVID, everyone's like, man, this has giving me a whole new appreciation for being right. able to come to church. Right. And, right. I mean, we'll see again, some people are staying home for very valid reasons. Absolutely. hundred percent. And yep. I, I said this to people, I was like, some people can't come and some people won't come. Right. And there's the whole spectrum in
0: between. You know? And it's impossible to tell who's who. And that's not really our place. Like that's between them and God really. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we can certainly point things out and you know, speak in general terms, but um, like we are right now until we know the particulars of everyone's case, it's hard to really speak into it too much, but, but we are, but we know those who are just like, look, if you're bedridden (laughs) or homebound or, you know, have extreme autoimmune issues or, you know, have a surgery coming up well, and therefore you don't want to risk anything. It's like, sure. That's definitely on the, can't come.
0: Or I think and, the, the level the of anxiety, the level of anxiety you're going to have and mental health issues can be a factor too. I mean, yeah. I think all that matters, but yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So yeah, um, we've been talking about COVID uh, and opening things up church wise, but what about like for us personally, that's what we'll talk about after the break. Why don't you grab yourself a beverage and we'll be right back with more of Matt and Kevin talk church. Hey, welcome back. It's Matt
1: and Kevin. We're still talking church. We've been talking about the post-COVID world, not because we're in it, but because hopefully someday we will be, and we just want to speculate a little bit about what that might look like and uh, try to try to think through, you know, navigating these last, hopefully, just these last few months or whatever this last season of uh, of the COVID nineteen world. Uh, it does seem like with the vaccination rates having exploded in the last month or two that we've we've turned a corner of sorts and entered into a new phase of the pandemic. If, if the Lord's willing, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. So we're hopeful anyway. And uh, we're just doing a little bit of speculation and a little bit of talking about what that might look like. So we're mostly talking in the first half about church stuff, uh, what churches may look like moving forward, what would be wise and healthy to do moving forward. Second half, I want to talk a little bit more about just on a more personal level, what does the post-COVID world have for us? How do we navigate this last, hopefully last, phase as the pandemic hopefully starts winding down now? What does it look like
0: for you guys, Matt? Um, well, you know, we've started having people over again just because it's we feel like it's time to start doing that. And so that's been um, good um, and for me it's you know I'm taking lunch meetings again. I had breakfast with a pastor here in town last week and that was good and so it's just more facetime I guess is what it is what it means uh, here for me.
1: Yeah, I have started meeting with people a little bit more I think once I had the once I had the well basically since about Easter or so I guess I had a couple of breakfast meetings I've, now I've had my second shot so I feel quite a bit more comfortable with that. Unless there's you know some some other factors involved that make it seem a little
0: less safe, uh, yeah. I think I'm I think I'm okay. Yeah, starting you know, to do me, that the, a bit the, more. For me, the vaccine was not really a factor in that. Um, it was more just I felt like for me it was important. You know. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just your own mental health, you mean? Yeah. So I, I probably took that step more like sooner than a lot of other people. But again, that's just me not prescribing. Well, a lot of
1: it depends on where you are in the country too. I mean, it just varies tremendously. Well,
0: sure. Like, look, if I was in, you know, Los Angeles, it'd be different, but yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a common experience that many
1: people are having after 14 months of COVID now of finding themselves... Uh, how do we put this socially rusty? <laughs> Is that a good way to put it relationally rusty? Yep, where relationships are just harder. They're just,, um... now there's lots of reasons for that. I mean, some of it might have been, you know differences of opinions over the past 14 months on different things that have to have to overcome. But even without that, I think there's just a little bit of like,
0: just haven't done this a whole lot yeah. lately. <laughs> Um, well, and as you said before, we've all been traumatized. So we're like responding out of our tra- trauma all the time and are less likely to give each other the benefit of the doubt and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think anytime
1: you come out of trauma, it just takes a while to open up to people. Yep. And anytime you just haven't done anything for 14 months, it takes a while to get used to it again. Yep. You know, You haven't gone running for 14 months. That first run is going to be tough. Um, oh, that if- feels
0: like a personal attack, Kevin. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> But see, I, I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. You see what happened? Right. There? Just stop. It know, was lashing,
1: stop lashing <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't lash out at me. Uh,
1: but it just takes a while to get used to stuff, you know. Like I'm just not used to talking to people as much as I used to, and it just it just sort of takes a while. Or having people over, that just it's going to be a little while to yeah. kind of ease into it. And I guess you know, give ourselves grace in that you know give yourself dear listener give yourself grace in that yeah like you don't have to jump back into the uh you know february 2020 version of yourself it's okay if it's you know takes some
0: time right and uh, conversely like be gracious with others like just not, not everyone's going to be where you are in terms of their readiness to handle all that stuff so right. you might invite someone over for dinner or to get together for coffee and they might decline and so try not to take that personally, you know, give give some grace. Yeah. And when you do meet with people, there might be more silences, right? Because it just takes a little longer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out what you can and can't talk about. (laughs) That's right. That's a sensitive issue or whatever. But I mean, it's always been true. The whole adage of, you know, you don't know what people are going through. So be patient with them. Like that's all the more true now when there's just so much stuff going on and you don't know the layers of trauma and loss that they've experienced and just how they're handling that and how they're grieving that. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. I don't, yeah, things aren't going to be the same for a while and that's okay. Yep. Um, But like we said before, that's, you know, learn from it, uh, grow from it and hopefully we have stronger relationships in say six months or 12 months from now because of it.
0: Uh, Shifting gears a little bit, like, Right before the pandemic, like it would have been, I don't know, must've been December of 2019 or maybe January, 2020. I read this book by John Mark Comer called the ruthless elimination of hurry. Okay. And it's about, you know, changing your routine. So you're not in a rush all the time. And he just suggests all these practices that I thought were really good practices. And I thought, man, I got to figure out a way to like incorporate some of these things. And little did I know (laughs) That like, it was going to be forced upon me. Yeah. So in some ways, like the slower pace that uh, we've all been forced to like live by, I think in some ways is a gift, right? Yeah. And so let's be hesitant to return that gift. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the slowness of pace might, at least for me, might be a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, I remember a year ago where I think after the shock of everything had worn off, and people were settling in a little bit. There were the comments about like, oh, you know what? We spend a lot more time with my family than usual. Like we're not rushing off to soccer practice. We're not rushing off to this and that. Right. Um, and it's actually been nice to have a slower pace and to spend more time with my family.
0: So what I'm hearing from you is play less soccer. That that's not something <laughs> I ever thought Kevin Sheehan would.
1: I'm coaching my son's soccer team these days. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're back on that, but yeah. But, but there was this sense of like, oh, this is a good thing forced upon us, but a good thing.
0: Yeah. And
1: the encouragement then is to recognize what was good in that and try to make those changes permanent rather than just rushing back into again, as soon as things open up again, let's jump right back into them. I'm not just, I was reading something from a friend of mine who was sort of lamenting like one of his kids is on, you know, some sports team or whatever and how this is like in Northern Virginia where everything's hyper competitive, but it's like, yeah, most of the kids are playing three sports or have three activities going on at the same time. And so half of them can't even make the game because they have some other game or some other recital or some whatever else. And he's sort of lamenting the fact that, you know, one, no one's committed to anything. Two people are so hurried and harried. Um, and it's just like, wow, did we learn nothing? <laughs> did we learn nothing at all? How this is not an, un- this is not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. To be so rushed all the time. And again, that's a that's in Northern Virginia. That's sort of a different place than like rural Northern California or Lancaster County where the pace of life is oh, tends we've to get plenty bit of hurry anyway. Here. Yeah, we
0: got plenty of hurry. But it's but nothing yeah, not... like Northern
1: Virginia or sure. you know. Sure. But anyway, just the idea of let's evaluate what was good and maybe try to hold on to that rather than be in a hurry to return to normal.
0: Yeah amen so to go back to the question at the top when when are things going to return to normal that that's the question the I'm sure our listeners are wrestling uh like everyone else and uh pastors Matt and Kevin are here to tell you um they aren't um and and it's the wrong question yeah 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 and well one it's okay that 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 they're not I think it's a natural question but sure yeah but yeah So the right question would be, Pastor Kevin, how can we learn from this? How can
1: we grow from this? Yeah, Yeah, it's good. Whether that's in your church life, ministry life, personal life, relational life, you know, whatever it is, these opportunities come from the hand of the sovereign God. Rather than throw them away and say, that was all a big mistake, let's get back to normal, the way things were. Um, Again, don't be nostalgic for 2019. It really wasn't that great of a year, but let's learn from it, learn from it, grow from it, and hopefully 2021 and 22 and moving forward will be better because of it, because
0: we've grown up a bit. May the Lord make it so. Well, you've been listening to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We hope that what you've heard has been helpful and edifying. If you have questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, whatever, uh, you can email us at mattandkevintalkchurch at com, Or you know what? You can give us a shout out on Twitter at MKTC. Uh, with that being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. We've been talking church in the post-COVID world. Be warm and be fed.